That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Jacob Smith, are you ready to get a dose of the ghost? It's Pentecost, baby. Amen. This is, uh, I'm really excited about this, you know, Pentecost. Um, uh, last week I. Last year, if you remember, I prayed in tongues. So, but uh, not God, this year. don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, only if <laughs> we definitely people lost so like much. fifty listeners after that. So, but uh, won't do it this year. So, hey, uh, but well, uh, you know, we we I are, do I love mean, I do love Pentecost, and I do see myself as a Pentecostal. Amen. Meaning, I have a high view of the Holy Spirit. In true sense of that word, yeah. And we've got a. Uh, we get to wear red vestments mm. in our empty churches. That's what the I question look forward is, to. With nobody actually at church, I mean, are you going to have somebody to wa- who's going to wave the little tiny dove that's up on that wire? <laughs> you going to make ben, actually, ben DeHart do that? Yeah, no, I threw that dove out when I uh, became the rector. So uh, womp, no womp. liturgical da- or ribbons or any of that. But we will have ninety nine red balloons. So there uh, were some good things that came out of the seventies, like Abba. But uh-huh. liturgically, it was a dry time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that song, though, that, that was a 90s song, right? What song? The 99 Loose uh, Balloons? Yeah. Or was that 80s? I, did we talk about that in this recording, or was it the one we botched right before this? That was the one right before this. But my favorite cover of it is Goldfinger. <laughs> Catching so, everybody um, up, we had an earlier conversation about Red Balloons for Pentecost, in which we discussed <laughs> 99 Luftballons by that one-hit wonder German artist whose number, name escapes me. Jake prefers the Goldfinger cover. Look it up. Um, I, do, I do remember as a kid, though, on Pentecost and... Uh, the whole church would go out and we'd have these red balloons and we'd release them into the air and it's just such like a hazardous thing to do like think about now and just such die turtles die but yeah we would just go for it happy pentecost everyone pollute the earth easter um, yeah pentecost was always a time that the wildlife in yuma arizona were (laughs) dreading they were going to be eating balloons for months after that so because it just wasn't the episcopalians i mean it was the lutherans the roman catholics uh, you know, everybody who was liturgical was shooting red balloons up into the air. So, um, yep. praise God, we are, um, we're a little more green now. Yep, so, not um, doing that. Yep. But I am, I am fired up to wear a, a red stole. You know, that, that keeps me up, that, that, that keeps me going in quarantine. The yep. fact that we'll change liturgical colors. Woo! <laughs> Very good. It couldn't get more exciting than that. <laughs> Nothing says God transforming the world. Like a like red, red vestment, yeah. yeah, that's right. All right, so let's get into it. Let's uh, let's this, get get through the whatever this well, witty banter so, is. Yeah, so we do have um. There are several choices for you. The lectionary offers on uh, the on Pentecost Sunday, 
And um, we have chosen Numbers 11, verses 24 through 30, because we want to uh, root Pentecost for you in the Old Testament. And then we are going to take a look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21, which is exciting. And then we've chosen for, uh, for your listening pleasure, John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Not so, John 20, where Jesus goes like this. <sighs> That's some quality sound effects, people. Quality. You remember the uh, the ice gum commercials where they would breathe and you'd like freeze. So yeah, anyway, I do. I, that's always been my like picture at that moment. So, but anyway, um, you better uh, hope numbers, Jesus had some gum when he breathed on the disciples. Anyways, yeah, his he has been re- he was resurrected. His breath is totally not sinless. Was just the freshest thing that probably ever hit your face. It's, it so, was like um, a peppermint latte. Anyways. <laughs> Right. We digress. So um, <laughs> that's two. that's your first point in your sermon. So I think we um, just got but, um, a title for our episode. Okay, numbers uh, numbers eleven verses twenty four through thirty. Uh, we dive in here, and we are Moses, and the people are in the wilderness, and um, Moses comes down, and uh, there are. Uh, there are uh, other people other than Moses in his inner circle doing ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a little shocking. Yep, and here we also find in verse 26 the two names which Jake considered and then rejected for his children, Eldad and Medad. <laughs> yeah, we just, I didn't want, you know, I thought that was great, but then I was like, when Sophia becomes a teenager, you know, how will that work? So, <laughs> yeah. with a name like Eldad. So. <laughs> that's, the, that's how you say father in Spanish. All right. Eldad, so- get El- yeah. <laughs> Me, Dad, get your homework done. So. <laughs> me dad all right <laughs> dad you just don't understand that's why i want to use my middle name <laughs> nebuchadnezzar okay so back to the text the yeah. point so here the point of this passage it's the reason it's included in pentecost there's a couple of connections between this and the <laughs> Jake, get it together <laughs> okay. uh, the actual pentecost there's a cloud so remember cloud God, cloud, spirit, that's that creates the kind of imagery we're supposed to then see again in Pentecost, mm-hmm. which is why the people who then at the actual day where Christians call Pentecost, the reason they knew God was there is because there was a cloud, uh, and the cloud has, since this passage in Numbers 11, been associated with the spirit of God, and mm-hmm. also prophecy happens. Um, and uh, the, the, the thing here with Eldad and Medad is that the spirit sort of, it's like the spirit gets out of the container uh, mm-hmm. and uh, they start prophesying out in the camp and somebody, people are always wanting to quench the spirit or worried when the yeah. spirit shows up in places the spirit's not supposed to go. Yeah, and, uh, yeah that's, a, that's yeah. a key line right there because the, the 70 elders and when the spirit rests upon them prophesied, but they did not do so again. So that's the that's It was a temporary thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, but even then the spirit, the spirit's a little wily. And mm-hmm. uh, the spirit gets out, and to Eldad and Medad, uh, which again, great names, it has a very Gomer Pyle ring to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, but they're prophesying, and uh, people want them to stop. Uh, and actually, Joshua is the one that says, you know, we got to rein these guys in. Whose dad has a great name too, Nun. So anyway, um, <laughs> that was another choice. So I was like, "Come here, Nun." So, yeah, but, Joshua. Um, Joshua would show up at a restaurant and be like, "Yeah, I'd like to uh, reserve a table. Uh, anyone else in your party? None." <laughs> anyway, so but um, 
The uh, yeah. So anyway, he's like, should we stop stop them from prophesying? We're always trying to squinch the squelch the spirit. And um, Moses is like, hey man, wouldn't uh, it be amazing if um, uh, the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put His Spirit on them on everybody? And, um, yeah, I mean, it, wow, what's going on there? So, and, but and uh, I think you do see a really good trait in Moses as a leader here because. Joshua is sort of the Barney Fife. I'm really stuck on the Andy Griffith stuff. Mm-hmm. Joshua is like the Barney Fife to uh, to the Andy Griffith, to Andy Taylor, you know, on on um, the Andy Griffith show. Meaning yeah. that there's like a an overzealous second in command that just can't handle that the boss maybe is not getting the full spotlight, and yeah. um, the so the assistant to the regional manager uh, has more kind of ego wrapped up in this than Moses himself does. And Moses says, look, don't be jealous for my sake. I I wish everybody would prophesy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's just a beautiful leader. A successful leader is always one who uh, he or she will bring the best people that knows that they, you know, that you want more people who are gifted and qualified, maybe even more qualified than you are. That as opposed to needing to have all the glory, all the credit, to have everybody think that you're the smartest person in the room and therefore, so and so that happens, you hire people who aren't as smart or gifted or talented or whatever. So just a great picture of a leader here. Uh, But I think the big idea is that God's heart, don't make this into a sermon on leadership. That's going to be really boring. I hate those books, Jesus is CEO. I think it's a valid point, but make this about the fact that God ultimately always wants the Holy Spirit to be distributed as broadly as possible. God's That's not right. one to kind of confine things and keep them in the box. Right. And then this brings us to um, the actual Pentecost and uh, um, our Pentecost reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Uh, now, to kind of set the stage here, um, uh, what is this Pentecost? This isn't the first Pentecost at all. Correct, um, this is, Jake. This, this is the second Pentecost. Um, the first Pentecost is... Um, was uh, 50 days after the Passover, uh, the people of Israel made their way through the desert and uh, wound up there on Mount Sinai. And um, on Mount Sinai, 50 days, there was fire, there was clouds, there was smoke, there was rumbling, and um, the people were terrified. The people were terrified when they heard because this is what the law does, the giving of the law. And this became a tremendous feast amongst the Jews, and it still is today called the Feast of Shavuot, uh, which is 50 days after the Passover. It's a small harvest festival. And um, the uh, and uh, this is one of the few festivals where everything is done in Hebrew, um, uh, is done, the service is done in Hebrew by appointed people. So not just anybody can lead the service, but appointed folks need to lead, lead the service. So this kind of begins to give you the setting of what's happening here um, on Acts chapter 2. Yeah, so this was a, a Jewish holiday. Uh, Pentecost, obviously the name coming from 55 and 50 days after Passover, or for us now, 50 days after Easter. But so yeah, they're all gathered there. They've been told to wait. Jesus has told them to wait. Uh, And they're there for this celebration that they would have known from the earliest days as children, as good Jewish kids, uh, that this is Pentecost. 
And while they're gathered, and of course the city of Jerusalem is filled with the Jewish diaspora from all over the Roman Empire. That's why there's all these Jews there who speak different languages. Again, this is a passage where if you have a lector reading, a layperson reading, or you yourself, clergy person, uh, you want to practice this before because there's a lot of names. Yep. Uh, you got, and then the proselytes always messes people up. Um, anyways, so the uh, the the. Um, there's a lot, as you said, Jake, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of contrast between that first Pentecost on Mount Sinai when the law is delivered, which is a thing of fear uh, and a threat of judgment on some respect. Here yeah. is an opening up and um, inviting the world to come to faith in Christ. First to these Jews from all places around um, hearing about the word of God. The other thing that is going on in the background here is this is an undoing of the tower of babel story yeah you know in that situation people could all speak one language they're building a tower to reach up to heaven uh which illustrates kind of that human desire to get to god on our own strength and our own skill and our own ability and uh god frustrates that effort and causes people to speak different languages now because people have been restored to god they don't need to climb up to god anymore god has come down to them Mm-hmm. There's nothing, there's no reason to keep us separated. And so this is the the, lang- the giving of the languages uh, symbolizes kind of the reunification of everybody. Everybody gets to hear the word of God now. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, is that so, and it, it says that are not all these speaking who are speaking Galileans. So, you know, uh, these rednecks. Are rednecks, country bumpkins. And this is, this is true too, this kind of concept we learned from Paul's all about the Nazareth principle. And uh, that is that oftentimes God will speak clearly from those places we don't take seriously. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and this is, uh, this, this is true, very true. And I mean, I'm coming to learn this afresh again, but uh, they are speaking, but they're speaking about something very specific. And this is the thing that oftentimes a lot of folks get confused on is that they want to focus on the tongues and all of that, but that's not the big deal. The point is, is that they are in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. What what are God's deeds of power? This is what they're speaking about is Jesus fulfilling the law, mm. Jesus fulfilling what came down on that first uh, on that first Pentecost from Mount Sinai that terrified them. And so this is the very thing because this, the tongues sets up the most important part of this text. It's not the tongues, it's the sermon that Peter's about to deliver. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, and, and, you know, the deeds of power, the, the preeminent one is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, which, which uh, he's about to talk about. But I have to say, verse 15, and I probably said this last year, and I probably said it the year before, yeah. it's like the funniest verse in the Bible. You're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And it's like, well, have you ever been to Daytona at spring break? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, there's no time limit on that. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, my friend, so, my friend, uh, uh, Ali Hanna, the late Ali Hanna, um, uh, amazing guy, but he was from Northern Ireland and he used to always joke. He was like, there were obviously no Irish in the crowd. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, it's uh, uh, funny. But um, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry sorry for the people. stereotype. Yeah, there's sorry, there's only I mean, two people you can still make fun of. You can make fun of Italians <laughs> and Irish people. To wit, Super Mario Brothers. Anyways. Uh, but, uh, okay. But so he raises his voice and addresses them and he's like, hey, listen, guys, uh, we're not drunk. It's nine in the morning. 
Um, but this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. This is what Moses in the reading of Numbers was actually hoping and longing for as well. That's um, right. That in the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And this is exactly what's going on. To prophesy is to speak the word of Christ and what he has done and accomplished for you. And you see also this incredible Christian impulse, which was so countercultural in the Roman Empire and is still, sadly, countercultural today, uh, although you do see places in the church where this reality comes to fruition. This fact that the gospel breaks down the walls that divide mm -hmm. people, walls mm -hmm. of age, walls of gender, walls of ethnicity, walls of class, walls of wealth versus poverty, all that stuff. Um, this is, G God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, sons and daughters, young and old, uh, even the, even your slaves. Again, so class and uh, all that stuff. Um, the, the people mm. that you look down upon, whoever they may be, it's for them too. And this, again, is this crazy thing in the ancient world. And as I said, in our world too, sometimes we feel like the ones that um, they get the good stuff from God are the ones that deserve it or the ones that are high ranking or high status. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. So uh, beautiful display here. And it means and that if you are a, a person who is low for whatever reason, you're in on this too. Yeah, and uh, and then just uh, as you, if you preach on this text, make sure you hit on that last line. Uh, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, that is the good news of the gospel. Uh, wherever you are at, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are at in your Christian faith, never forget when you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. That mm. is a promise. That's right. And so I think it is, that's a, that's a good reminder, Jake, <clears throat> that you and I, when we talk through these passages, there's a lot of uh, Bible uh, context and history and linguistics that goes into this. But you always want to make sure you're, that somebody would walk out of the church or finish listening or watching the live stream or whatever the case may be, that they would feel spoken to and addressed that God is profoundly for yeah. them. Again, the, the it's, it's, um, uh, don't don't make this purely a theological lecture on the role of the Holy Spirit and how to understand his his work in your life. Um, this is God um, coming to people who feel far away and who feel guilty. Again, there's still people in Jerusalem on this first Pentecost that would have been there for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And the, one of the so the first thing Jesus does in the sermon or that Peter does in the sermon that he's about to preach is that hey, you guys were here and crucified Jesus, but the first thing he wants to do is forgive you and bring you into into mm. his family. So, uh, yeah, it make this make this connect for people personally. Now on to John 20. No, 7. Uh, Oh, sorry, yeah, John 7. We're not doing John 20. We're not doing where he breathes on people. We're just doing... <laughs> Denty nice. Jesus, anyway. close talker. Things you never knew about him. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're doing John 7, which is mercifully short. It's just three verses. Uh, yeah. Last day of the festival, the great yeah, this day... Yeah, this would have been like Hanukkah, so yes. around there. So uh, this would have been uh, the Hanukkah Shak festival. Shaka Khan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a different <laughs> festival. <laughs> Oh, I got him. I got him to break. Oh, okay. Good. So on the last but day of, there, of Hanukkah. Uh-huh. My true love gave to me. So, but um, the, he calls out. Like, I mean, there's a crowd there and he's like, hey, man. And can you imagine how insane this must have been? You know what I mean? There they are. And, uh, and uh, 
He's like, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let anyone who believes in me drink. Um, gosh, I mean, that is just a wild, wild idea. And what I have heard uh, is that on this day of the festival, there was a great ritual washing and pouring of water and all that sort of stuff in the temple. And so for him standing there, the backdrop basically is like Niagara Falls, essentially. Mm -hmm. So he says, you know, if you're thirsty, this water is not what you want. You want to come to me and uh, and and because I, I have living water. And he says, uh, again, here in John 7, we're going back in time to the events before Pentecost, even though it's Pentecost Sunday. And the reason this passage is here is because this is where Jesus is prophesying essentially what is going to happen in Pentecost because it says in verse 39, he said this about the spirit. So the rivers of living water that are flowing from the heart of the believer that come from Jesus, John tells us what this means and that it means the Holy Spirit, which believers in Christ are to receive. But as of yet, there was no spirit, he says, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this was Jesus talking in a past time about a future event, which we now know is the giving of the Spirit. And I think to reflect on the idea of the Spirit being living water, kind of quenching thirst and pouring out of you and what water does in the earth, it, it brings life um, where there was no life. It brings cleansing and that smell outside after a rainstorm in the morning. Uh, these are all images of what God, the Holy Spirit, does in your life. And I think it's not one that people often talk about the Spirit as fire. And we get that for obvious reasons in Acts earlier. But the Spirit also is discussed as living water, uh, which I think is a, is kind of, you know, we got fire and rain here. Thank you, James mm -hmm. Taylor. But all of it communicating what God does <laughs> and what God is. And that brings me, let me say one more thing about Acts once again. Why the fire? Why does that matter? Um, it matters because fire was always associated with judgment. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the fire lands, and so it was associated with the presence of God. That's why Moses meets God in a burning bush. As you said, that first Pentecost on Mount Sinai, God appeared in fire and smoke. In If you go to Genesis 12 and you see the covenant that God makes with Abraham, God appears in a smoking and fiery, a smoking pot and a fiery pot as well. So God shows up in fire and it often signifies judgment. And the fact that fire lands on these disciples and they don't burn up is an indication that there is no more judgment they have already mm. passed through judgment in Christ and there's no so they can they can they can be bearers of the holy fire of God because they've been made clean they've already been forgiven so that's one thing about fire that I forgot to mention that I wanted to say uh, that's great and uh, I I think too and this is what um and this really is what as we mentioned earlier you and I are Pentecostals um, we have a high view of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. And, uh, you know, when he says, as the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. I mean, that is what the Holy Spirit does, is that he fills our lives up with the presence of God and uh, fills our lives up so much so, and you may not see it right now, but believe me, it's working. He fills our lives so much that it flows out of our lives. And you know, as we share this gospel, as we point to the one who is the living water that never runs out, as we point to the one um, who uh, has taken the judgment upon himself, as we point to the one who has poured out his spirit now upon all flesh, 
of that and we share that with our neighbor, I mean, that is the living water that is just endless flowing out of our lives as well. And uh, so uh, never, never, no matter what your situation is right now, uh, be encouraged. That spirit is at work in your life and uh, living water is flowing out of your heart as well. Yeah, and by the way, folks, uh, you'll notice that Jake and I never refer to the Holy Spirit as it. And uh, the reason for that is the Holy Spirit is a person. So you can call the Holy Spirit he. You can be like Ben Madison and call the Holy Spirit she. Whatever you do, don't call the Spirit an it. uh, Because the Holy Spirit is not, not a stapler. The yeah. Holy Spirit is is not like a rock. The Holy Spirit, and that's why the term the Holy Ghost, I actually kind of prefer it sometimes because it, it has that emphasis of a personal being mm-hmm. as opposed to a spirit, which to us makes us think of Norm Greenbaum's spirit in the sky, like this great ephemeral mm-hmm. cosmic force, which is not what the, the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a person, uh, and that person is with you and is for you and leads you to Christ and is the source of that living water that, that flows out of you. And you want That's your right. people on this on Pentecost Sunday to know the Holy Spirit, the, the third person of the Holy Trinity, is with them, is in them, and is for them, and communicates to them and reminds them always of who God is and who they are. Right. I just, uh, you know, I mean, we can have a debate about that sometime, but I uh, the, the point is, though, I mean, you, we say he's he for a very specific reason. And, uh, and I love Ben Madison. I just preached at his church. Uh, but the point is, is that the Holy Spirit never points to himself either. Yeah. This is the thing. Um, the, the, you know, and you'll hear people praying to the Holy Spirit and, uh, and like cutting him apart from what his function is in the Trinity. Um, and uh, the point of the Spirit is the Spirit never points to himself. Uh, the Spirit, and that's why we don't say she, because the Spirit always reveals Jesus. And in re- the revelation of Jesus, then we worship Him in spirit and truth. And in worshiping Him in spirit and truth, we worship the Father uh, properly. And so this is how it all kind of works together. The Spirit revealing and drawing us to Christ. And in the worship of Christ, we worship the Father as he has deigned uh, appropriate and necessary. And so, uh, but um, that is, that's something to remember in Pentecost is that sometimes they make it like it becomes Holy Spirit raw day. And, uh, and uh, it is not the Spirit drives us to Jesus. And Jesus mm. enables us to worship the Father in, in spirit and in truth. Amen. Well, preach it, brother. And uh, Ben Madison, we love you. We dedicate this episode to you. Yeah. Anyway, God bless everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it crispy, folks. Talk to you later. Have a blessed Pentecost and may living water flow from you all. Amen. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song, and we hope you found some nuggets that will be helpful either in your preaching or just in your life. If you like what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. Dave's all will be sad if you don't. we like to thank the Narrativo Group for audio production. Keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.